Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up to a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me, uh, come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, called him, and said to him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And then they, went, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. We know in the Word that prior to this particular story when you're hearing, uh, Jesus was teaching a group of people, a multitude of people. We know that there were at least 5,000 men plus women and children, because in that day they did not count the women and children in the crowd, only the men. So there were at least 5,000 plus women and children that were hungry, and Jesus fed that multitude uh, with five uh, loaves of bread and with two fish. Now that's a miracle within itself. And when they got through with all that meal, uh, they then wanted to ask for doggy bags, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments to carry home with them after he had fed the multitude. Now we know that they had seen and they had witnessed and they had been part of a phenomenal miracle that had been wrought by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. With that being said, uh, the Bible said that there were a group of people, according to John chapter 6, 15 and following, that there were a group of people in that crowd that wanted to crown Jesus Christ uh, as a king. And that would have been a terrible mistake because there was only one king, earthly king, and his name was Caesar. And it's very possible that the disciples may have joined the crowd of people wanting to join in and call Jesus the earthly king, and that would have really messed up the will of God, the plan of God for their life and for the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ himself. With that being said, Jesus went to a mountain to pray, and he constrained the disciples to get on those little boats and to go to the other side. Now remember, they were in the will of God, they were obeying the voice of God, and they were doing the work of God. But yet Jesus said, I'm going to go to the mountain and pray, and I want you to get on this boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. No sooner had those disciples got on that little boat and began to set sail toward the other side that there was one of those notorious windstorms and storms upon the Sea of Gennesaret uh, that came on. The Bible said in verse 24, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, uh, tossed uh, with waves, for the wind was contrary. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we will be battered by the storms of life. 
We often think that just because we're Christians and just because we're in the will of God and just because we're doing the will of God that everything is going to be fine, hunky, and dory. Many times the storms come our way precisely because we are in the will of God. Now in Christianity we use a lot of metaphors to try to get points across. We talk about storms, we talk about fire, we talk about mountains, we talk about valleys. A lot of metaphors we use to try to get a point across. This was a literal storm that they went through. But every one of us will have storms of life that come our way, but they come in different sizes, in different shapes, and they come in different ways to attack us from time to time. But here the disciples were in the center of the will of God, and they found themselves in the middle of a storm. Do I need to remind you that God does not always lead us uh, beside still waters? He doesn't always lead us uh, down in the green pastures. Uh, There are times he will lead us uh, directly into a storm. He will lead us sometimes directly into a fiery furnace. He will lead us directly into a den of lions. He'll lead us into a time where we might be depressed. He'll lead us in prison houses that we don't want to see. He'll lead us into areas that we don't understand. And we say, God, why? I'm in your will. I'm obeying what you want. Why have you allowed me uh, to go through the particular storm that I'm going through today? And yet again, life is not always pleasant for the child of God. I say it again. They were obeying the word of God. They were in the will of God and they were doing the work of God, but they found themselves in a storm. And when you're in the storm, sometimes Jesus will say, peace, and the storm will stop. And other times he will say, peace be still, and the storm stops raging in your life, but the literal storm continues on. But friend, there are those times in our life as children of God that we simply have got to ride the storm out. There are times he don't say peace to the storm, and there are times he don't say peace to us in the midst of the storm. We simply have got to ride uh, the storm out to the very end. Why? Because God is trying to mold us and make us into vessels that he can trust somewhere down the road. Now get the picture. The disciples had come off of that mountain where Jesus had just fed the multitude with five loaves of bread and two fish. They got on that boat smiling like a mule eating briars. Did you all see what I saw? Did you, can you believe that? We saw a miracle. Did you see that bread just continue to multiply and multiply? And those fish, they multiplied and multiplied. Did you see Jacob's eyes? He looked like a Christmas tree. Uh, did you see old Henry over there? He was so ecstatic at what God had done. And you saw that little old boy? He brought a little bit of lunch with him, and he took a whole basket back home. They were, they were excited. They were talking it up. And there they are on that storm. Everything just fell on that boat. And then all of a sudden, here comes the wind. And all of a sudden, here comes the rain. And all of a sudden... The winds, I bring the, 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 the little sea begins to white cat and that boat is rocking and reeling and they think they're going to fall. All of a sudden their smiles went to frowns and all of a sudden their joy went to problems and all of a sudden they go, what's going on here? They forgot about the miracle and they forgot about the miracle worker. It's easy to forget what we've seen when we're living with what we're looking at. That makes sense? Everything is fine when the sun shines. And everything is fine when the miracles are happening. But then you're in the will of God, obeying the word of God, doing the work of God. And the storm comes. And we go, "Uh uh-oh, I did something wrong. Uh Uh-oh, the Lord forgot about me. Uh Uh-oh, 
I should have stayed over there. Let me assure you, the safest place in all the world to be is on that boat in a storm in the will of God. Whatever you're going through tonight, it may not be pleasant, it may be painful, and it may hurt. But I will guarantee you, being in that storm where the Lord has placed you is much better for you than you would be on that mountain saying Jesus is king where everything was hunky-dory. Does that make sense? The important thing to remember, friends, is simply this. We're battered pretty hard by the storms. But we got to understand, if God has called me, I've got to learn, I've got to go through that storm regardless of what comes my way. He put me there. He wants me to let my faith grow and to mature in the midst of the storm that I'm going through. Sometimes we're battered by the storm. But hear me, there are times God has more faith in me and you than we have in him. He understands the importance of being there. He'll ask us to do things that we think we cannot do. He'll put us places we think that we cannot survive. And let me tell you, the unsaved are watching us as we go through those storms. And the way that we live our life will draw people to Jesus or will push people away from Jesus. And the storms that we go through, they can be painful and they can hurt. I'll tell you, friend, I love it when I'm in a storm and the Lord said, peace be still. And I live and I'm in a storm. The Lord said, peace be still. And I've got peace going through it. But I have those hard times. I don't hear peace in any direction. And that storm just keeps on going. Who am I talking about? Anybody in one of those tonight? It's out there. Church, I wished I had the answer. There are times I have prayed for people to be healed and God's healed them. And there's times I've prayed for God to heal and they've died. There have been times I've prayed for people and the storm has stopped. And there are times I've prayed for people and the storm has intensified. There have been times I've prayed uh, for uh, this to happen and it did happen. And I've prayed for that to happen and it didn't. I don't understand it. It's below, beyond my pay grade. But I know one thing. I've got to trust in the God who put me in the boat and told me to sail in that direction. He knew the storm was coming. And when you and I can't see him in the midst of the storm, where was Jesus while the storm was going on? He was up in the mountain praying for him. And where's the Lord at tonight as you and I are going through the storms of life? He ever lives to make intercession for the saints of God. He is praying that our faith will not fail. He is praying that we will survive. He is praying that we will thrive in the midst of the storms that will come our way. The unsaved watches as we go through through them. Job went through a hellish storm. Job lost the health of his body. He lost the fruit of his body, his children, and he lost the means whereby to sustain his body with the crops and the animals that he would eat from. And his wife even cursed and said, won't you just curse God and die? And Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You think it didn't hurt that man? I believe every fiber of his being was aching with pain and with confusion and not knowing what was going on. And the devil's sitting here going, where is your God? Where is your God, Job? You're supposed to be a righteous man. You don't have any evil in you, so you say. But where is your God? And Job could say, I know that in my flesh I will see God. And I know my Redeemer lives. Now, friend, that's not just working up faith. That's having a faith that has been exemplified in the midst of a storm. That, I believe, is what God is after in you and me. Storms are not fun, but what God accomplishes as a result of the storm, that is the bottom line. What is God accomplishing in your life and what is He accomplishing in mine as a result of that storm? Sometimes we feel that darkness has won. In verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night. Now, the Jews divided the night into three parts with four hours each. 
The Romans divided the night into four parts with three hours each. So the fourth watch was somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. Now, I don't know how long they had been in that storm. Apparently when they got in that boat and sailed out, they were halfway out in the water somewhere and the storm came. I've got a distinct feeling they were out there treading water for many, many, many hours. Now, friend, what do you and I do when we're in a heavy-duty storm? And we've been in this thing for days and hours and weeks and months and years. And we think it's not ever going to give up. It's never going to be a relief. It's never going to be a help coming through. It was a dark, dark night just before dawn. Why is it in the darkness of night the storms seem to be the worst? Fevers go up. Depression sets in. The evil one whispers the most damnable lies into our hearing and, it, and we believe it rather than believing the Word of God. You know why? Because we're surrounded by darkness. And all we can see is what we see and all we feel is what we feel and all we know is what we're experiencing in that moment. But I believe Jesus is trying to tell us if you remember the miracle on dry ground, if you remember my word, my power, my grace on dry ground, what I did there, I can take care of you here. And church, we've got to get that in our head. God takes care of us right where we are, no matter what we're going through. The song years ago we used to sing, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hold on, my child, for the darkest night tells us that dawn is just in sight. So the darkness is not designed to kill us. The darkness cannot overtake you. It'll get dark in your storm. It may even get darker in your storm. But at the fourth watch, he said here, Peter and the disciples saw Jesus coming. Let me tell you, the very thing that has us scared, the very thing that brings us pain, the very thing that we're frightened of, the winds and the waves, is the very thing that Jesus used as a sidewalk to get to where the men were at. And that very thing that you're full of fear of tonight, that very problem that you may have, could very well be the sidewalk that Jesus Christ will use to come right where you are. In the fourth watch, when it was the darkest, when the hurt was the hurting the most, when the pain was the most severe, they saw Jesus coming. Where are you at in your watch? How many hours have you been in your storm? And you think, I'm going to die I'm going to crash, I'm going to burn, I'm going to go to the bottom of this ocean of life and nobody's going to remember me. But friend, look up and in the midst of the storm, look for Jesus to show up. And that's what Peter did. He looked for Jesus to show up and he said, I I love Peter. Peter said, Lord, if that's you walking on that water, because he said, be still. He simply said, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, Let me come to you. Sometimes we feel our best efforts are to no avail. I'm not fussing at Peter. I wished I had the faith of presumptuous Peter. Because I don't like water to begin with. And especially in that ocean, when that sea is tempestuous, and I know it's a freshwater lake, it's deep and long and wide. But friends, I don't know where the stumps were at. And neither did Peter. And those waves were high and the winds were boisterous. And he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. Can you imagine the rest of the disciples holding on to them, oh my God, handles on that boat? 
And could you imagine Peter said, I'm going to come to you, Lord. And they pulled him back and hold on, pulling him back. And he said, no, the voice of God brought me to this boat because he told us to get on it and he knew what was going to happen. We've been on this thing now, riding out these ways for several hours. It's between three and six o'clock in the middle of the night. It's dark, it's lonely, it's cold, it's I don't know what. But his word has spoken again, and he told me to come to him. We never can be wrong when we make an effort to go toward Jesus in the midst of our storm. Amen. Too many times we want to retreat and go backwards, but we've got to go to him. He said, come. And Peter put that old big number 12 across that boat, and he stood on the word of God, C-O-M-E. Now, friends... We condemn Peter for sinking, but he was the only one that had faith to get out of the boat. He was the only one that had faith to get out of the boat. Could you get out of the boat? I don't think I could have. How about you? I don't think I could. I don't think I would have. But then again, I didn't see Jesus walking on the very thing that I was afraid of. I didn't hear Jesus say, come to me, as, as Peter heard him say. The boy got out of the boat, and he began to walk on that water. And then all of a sudden, the Bible said that he got his eyes on the storm, on the winds and the waves, and he began to sink. Peter gave it the best enthusiastic try that he possibly could. Sometimes, all that we try to do in our enthusiasm is not enough in life. In the midst of a difficult storm, I believe God expects us to use our faith now hear me. Faith is not presumption. Peter did not presume he could walk on the water. Peter knew he couldn't walk on the water. But Peter knew the voice of God. He knew the voice of Jesus. And he knew the same Jesus that had turned the bread and the fish and multiplied it on, on, a, on a sunny day was the same word that could be trusted in the storm of life. If you and I can take the miracle worker here and let him work here, our faith will grow, our peace will never be shattered, and our lives will be intact. He was doing the right thing by moving toward Jesus. Sometimes the storm has been so difficult, so trying, that we think that we've come to end our faith and we act like our faith has let us down. Do you think Peter's faith let him down when he began to sink? I see humanity here. I see us being human, friend. We don't have a perfect faith, but we have a faith not in ourselves, but we have a faith in our God. And he took the word of the Lord at heart and he stood upon it. But sometimes we've been in the storm for so long, we've heard the winds howling past our ears. We have felt the, 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 the rain coming down upon our head. We have felt the white caps of the ocean hitting us right in the face. And we think, I've been here for so long. Uh, we, we, we try to muster up faith. And, and, and what happens? We begin to sink. And we think, oh God, I failed the Lord. We haven't failed the Lord. God judges us by our intentions. God judges us sometimes by our actions. But I believe he understood what God wanted him to do. And that's what he did. Sometimes we think the end is near. Peter said here in verse number 34, these words. All these things spake Jesus, the multitude. And, uh, I'm back in the wrong verse here. In, in verse uh, uh, 30, 31, I'm sorry. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith, why did you doubt? We think the end is near. When Peter saw the wind, he was afraid, began to sink. How many times in the midst of the darkness and the storm we go through, did our faith begin to sink? Sometimes the storms are meant to hurt, the storms are never meant to hurt us. 
The storms are always meant to grow our faith. I've said this before through the years. You don't judge the will of God by circumstances, but by what he says. Jonah was on a boat in a storm out of the will of God. Peter was on a, on a, on a boat in a storm in the will of God. The storm for Jonah was a storm of correction. But the storm for Peter was a storm of perfection. He wanted the man's faith to grow. May I just tell you this in all due respect? If you find yourselves in a lot of storms, and you find yourself in the heat of many of a battle, and you don't understand why, I personally believe God is molding and making you into a vessel that he can use on the day of Pentecost. That he can use just, a, just, just your shadow passing by can heal the sick. God desires to use it. But friend, our faith has got to grow. And it doesn't grow by sitting in a seminar. It doesn't grow by just sitting in church listening to sermons. It doesn't grow just by simply uh, reading a book on faith. It grows as our faith is tried and challenged and as it is stretched. And it will be stretched no more than in a storm. You say, I've been tried. I've tried to brave the storm. I've done all I know to do. I've prayed. I've read the Bible. I've trusted. But all I know, and I'm still sinking, I'm going under. And when Peter cried out, Lord, save me. And that's the final point when you need a cross. But there's always the rescuing hand of Jesus. Can you imagine? Get the story. The boat back and forth, up and down. Winds and waves, rain. And here he sees Jesus. He turns the windshield wipers on. And he sees Jesus. Is that you, Lord? If it is, let me come to you. And Jesus had come. Peter, I'm going. He begins to sink. He got his eyes back on the wave. Got his ears back on the winds that were howling. But what does he do? He cries out, Lord, save me. In the midnight hour, you can cry out, Lord, save me. And Jesus stretched out his hand and apparently picked him up. Now, we don't know how they got back in the boat. I assume they walked back in the boat, but the Bible doesn't tell us how they got back in the boat. But the Lord rescued him and helped him get back. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore did you doubt? At least he had something to work with. You see, he had a little faith, but that little faith turned into a greater faith. And if you and I would just give the Lord the faith that we have, it'll turn into a greater faith. He'll see you through. Now the storms are not designed to destroy us. They're designed to grow us. If he wanted to destroy you, he would have left you in sin. If the will of God was to destroy you, he would have never saved you to begin with. If the storm was designed to hurt you, he would have never caused you to be born again to begin with. He wants the best for us. But preacher, how can this storm be good? It may not be good going through it, but when you come out on the other side, how many, uh, how many of you go to the gym? Silver sneakers, whatever the case. How many of you go to the gym? How many of you enjoy going to the gym? Boy, I don't. However, I enjoyed having gone to the gym. I don't enjoy going. I don't enjoy the trials and tests of life. But once I've come through them, I thank God for it. Because he's grown me in faith that can be trusted. The storm is designed to bring you to where Jesus is. The storm is designed to grow your faith. And the storm is designed 
to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. What storm are you going through? Don't be mad at it. Don't think you're out of the will. Now let me tell you, if you're like Jonah and you're rebelling against God, you're in a storm, there's only one antidote for that. That's to get right with God. But if you've listened to the Word of God and you've listened to the voice of God and you're doing what God said and you're in a storm, then hang on. Ride that baby out because God is doing something in you. The only reason he works with us is because he loves us. Now that won't make you shout, but I pray to God it'll make you shine.